What up on it, fam? We've got a big announcement. Free shipping is finally here. It's taken a lot of work to get all the pieces working well enough to make this possible. But now, for a limited time only, with any order over $125 before applying discounts, you pay nothing to have it shipped to you. This excludes fitness equipment. Uh, I think it goes without saying we have not mastered uh, shipping cannonballs with handles on them yet. But bottom line is for a limited time only, free shipping on all orders over 125 bucks. Pretty easy to do. Uh, really pumped that we have this now. Take advantage today. Go to onit.com slash podcast now for 10% off all foods and supplements. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show today. We have Afif Ganoum. Afif is a leader in microbiome research. He's a part of a company that he and his father have started. His father wrote a thesis on candida and candidiasis like 40 years ago. Uh, they have a fascinating fucking story, um, incredibly insightful into what the microbiome is, what the research is showing, how we can affect it positively, and just everything included. It was an awesome podcast, Top to Down. I know you guys are going to dig it. We have... Uh, I think our second microbiome specialist, is that right? We had um, Dr. Michael Ruscio on. He just wrote a book. Um, he's an alternative medicine doctor, functional medicine doctor, has a wealth of knowledge, helped me dial in some different things. I've also worked with Dr. Grace Liu from the Gut Institute, who's who's been instrumental in, in teaching me way different ways to pay attention to this. But, um, you know, I, I, I told your father, who... Uh, is absolutely incredible. Like he did his thesis on candida, candida correct? Yep. Yeah, one of the most intelligent people in the world on fungal and, and uh, the microbiome. And, you know, I'd used a number of different tests and none of them quite compare to yours. So Thank I wanted you. to get you guys on. Um, obviously, we, we will likely be doing something in partnership with you guys here at Onnit. Yeah. And uh, there's just so much to this that, you know, we had to sit down together and really iron out some details because it's this is a field that's, it's not new, but it's fairly unknown. And there's sure. a lot of things going on, a lot of changes happening. And and even, you know, we'll discuss a little bit later, but with the microbiome and kids with epilepsy, like there's a lot that can play into that through ketogenic diet and GABA potentiation and things of that nature. So much to discuss today. For sure. I'm thrilled to have you here. And it's Afif Ganum. Is that Ganum, yep. There we go. All right, brother. And uh, just give us a quick background on you and your father. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, yeah, tell no, the story, sure. dude. So, I love this story. So it's pretty wild. So um, my dad is an interesting character. He's uh, considered one of the foremost experts in medically important fungi. It's called mycology. And uh, he's actually the scientist that named the mycobiome, the fungal community in our body. But what's wild about him is he has just an insane personal background, right? So first, he parents never learned to read or write. Uh, he grew up in Lebanon, and he actually went to school in a UN refugee camp. And the first time he got supplementation was from a United Nations refugee school giving him extra milk and fish oil. And I actually wrote for Forbes about that. And that that really, even at that age, he realized how much this stuff is really important. And so he ended up going to England. He met my mom. They met twice, and they got married a week later. And uh, they've been married, you know, 40-something years. And... They moved to Kuwait, and I was about two months old. And we lived there from 1980 to 1990, and it was an awesome place. Like, Kuwait's about the size of 
you know, it takes about an hour to drive across it, like very small place. And so we're actually on vacation in England and guess what happens? Saddam Hussein invades. So my dad, we, we, and this is like pre-digital anything, right? So there's no birth certificates, there's no pictures, there's no nothing, right? Even my parents' savings were, were in gold because, you know, that's how the Middle East rolls. Like there's no such thing as stock, right? So my dad said to my mom, I got to go back, right? So he flew, uh, he ended up getting into Baghdad and the only way into Kuwait was on a bus full of Iraqi soldiers. So we didn't hear anything from him for months, but he literally got into war-torn Kuwait. This is like a PhD scientist, you know what I mean? Just a dude who's like, I got to do this for my family. And uh, he ended up getting back out of Kuwait uh, about four days before the Allied uh, offensive uh, in a Pepsi truck he stole. And he drove that back across the Middle East into Lebanon. And so that we did not hear anything from when uh, uh, he had left England till Lebanon called back, right? And then we're kind of stuck. And my dad said, you know, I got a ticket um, to a conference in DC. And we had gone to America, like he'd gone for uh, conferences, but really, you know, had no connection to the US. So my dad went and uh, he had a one-way ticket to DC. And he's like, I'm gonna get a job. So um, I'm sorry, is this, this like is a little dope. too much no, no, detail. No, no, no. Okay. This yeah, is yeah, exactly yeah. what I mean. This is fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. when you told me this originally, I was blown the fuck away. Oh. So please drop dollars, drop details. Okay, okay, okay cool. You know, I've been to Baghdad. Uh, I first met my wife in yeah. Kuwait and Iraq. Oh, and I didn't know that. it was fucking insane. It was at Saddam. We stayed in Saddam's palace. Yeah, we were yeah. on a tour for the troops. And I've been in Kuwait probably six times on oh, tour for know the that. troops. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So please indulge. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so he gets to DC and he's at this conference on garlic of all things, medically, you know, medical uses of garlic. And he starts saying like, I, I need a job, you know? And, and he, they tell him, look, this is kind of like a working scientist meeting. There's this conference in LA. That's where you need to be, but it's next week. And like my dad's eating apples out of the lobby type thing. Like he has no money. There's no start, like, okay, I'll just buy another ticket, no credit card. So he's like, feeling totally despondent and he he's walking in dc and he sees this travel agent so he just rolls in and uh and it's a black guy and he says to this guy i i need you you know he had one ticket back to england right and he's like i need you to change this to la and i i can't pay you and the guy's like i i can't, I can't do that right so my dad's like look you're african-american you understand struggle I, i'm struggling i need your help i need you to do this and he told him the whole story over like a couple hours just some dude rolls in and off the street and the guy took his wallet out and he paid for my dad's ticket wow my dad gets to la and he gets two job offers one in ucla and one in detroit like gives me you know because now i'm an adult like i'm about the age when he was doing this i can't even imagine that stuff you know so um he's like a tiger when it comes to just will you know what i mean and it's so cliche at this point we talk about oh yeah will and just you know make it happen even just do it we're hearing about now with all this stuff and you know so to me it it's just uh, as an adult it's hard for me to understand like i grew up hearing these stories but like as an adult with kids of my own you know um so yeah he we ended up going to ucla and uh you know so from 91 to 96 we were in LA and then my dad got a job in you know beautiful sunny cleveland <laughs> and <laughs> nice so, change the scenery oh dude we went from like desert nomads to um you know cleveland and uh my mom who had never like her her father was in the normandy invasion for the royal navy she had never been out of england you know and she's just rolling with her road dog like kuwait let's do it you know like 
U.S. Let's do it. And you know, so that's that's one of the things to me that's always been critical is like just you got to do what you got to do, you know. And so this, um, so he comes to Cleveland. The entire time, this entire time, he's publishing, right? And so um, now he has, and so he's been at Case Western Reserve School of Medicine since 1996. And so now he's published over 400 papers. He's been funded by the National Institutes of Health since 1991 continuously. Uh, I think he's had like 50 million in NIH funding, all to study medically important bacteria and fungi. And uh, his work's been cited just about 20,000 times in the medical literature. And uh, and he still can't order, you know, through a drive-through window at McDonald's. <laughs> he's got like a really thick accent. He's just, it's, uh, you know, he's just an affable guy. But he, um, yeah. So that's you know that's a little bit of the background story. And so I I stayed. So what happened is how I got into you know actually the whole entrepreneurial game is I was a lawyer, and uh, I was doing corporate law at a big law firm in Cleveland. And my dad was starting to get some really cool patents and. He was super excited. He's like, they want to start a company. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Um, you know, what's one of the things you ask as an entrepreneur? Like, well, how much equity are you going to have? And, and so he's like, oh, I'm going to have 1%. And I thought, what? Like, it's your business. Like, like your patent. You know, and when I realized he's just a scientist and he was getting ripped off. So I said, okay, like, you know, let's roll. Like, I left Big Law and we started a business and neither of us had ever developed any sort of products. So that was 2010. That was 2010, and uh, since then we've launched uh, about 12 products in about 27,000 stores. We've licensed a product to a mega global pharma company that's in a product that's in about 100,000 stores. And then how that all tied back into the microbiome was my father, again, has continued to this day to do research. He did a very big study on Crohn's patients and their microbiome. And what he discovered was that bacteria and fungi actually work together in the gut. And everybody knew, obviously, there's bacteria. Some people had been talking about fungi, but no one had put together that bacteria and fungi actually work collaboratively to protect each other. And they were causing really sticky lining to go uh, against our guts called biofilms. So the biofilm, some people have probably heard of it that are listening, but the biofilm most people are mostly familiar with is dental plaque. So plaque in your mouth is a biofilm. And the reason you worry about plaque is because a plaque is this dense, thick matrix that really protects these pathogenic organisms underneath. So that's what causes like, you know, gum disease, those sorts of things. Mm. So when you're removing the plaque, you're really exposing these germs that are causing all the issues. The same dynamic is happening in the gut. So when you when you look under these like 5,000X electron microscopy photos, bacterial biofilm, you know, very thin. Fungal biofilm, very thin. The bacterial fungal biofilm is massively thick. So what he found for Crohn's patients, there were three different organisms that were working together, a couple of bacteria and one fungal, that were causing these massive biofilms in Crohn's patients. And so they identified it as a possible uh, exacerbation of Crohn's patients. Because I don't know how much you know about Crohn's, but... Yeah, I have a friend with Crohn's and ulcerative colitis. And yeah, it's yeah, related. And oh. Autoimmune is through the roof right now. Oh, it's insane. So, so... What was crazy, though, was that he published this research, like Scientific America picked it up. A lot of people started writing about it. And he got thousands of people across the world with Crohn's reaching out and saying it was, you know, very scary to hear. Like people like, my daughter is about to get her, you know, half her intestine removed. Is there anything you can do? And, and one woman in particular in Sweden, she had two really healthy teenage boys. And 
within two years because of Crohn's, they were basically dying. So she said, can, can you test what's going on with my, my sons? And my dad felt kind of, you know, hopeless. Like he's doing this really amazing research, but kind of in an ivory tower. And these, you know, your average person dealing with this on the ground could not access that type of testing. And even mm. if they could, they didn't know what to do with it, right? The other thing that we realized when we started looking around is everybody's talking about bacteria. And you hear about it all the time, good bacteria, this, bacteria in your gut, but no one was talking about fungi, right? And just ironically, my dad had just written and done a big presentation at NIH talking about, look, you're funding all this bacterial research. You're ignoring fungi, and it's it's the other half of the equation. And when you look, it's really wild. When you look at microscopic photos of what's going on in the gut, uh, there are more bacteria. And people will say this, oh, but there's tons more bacteria in the gut than there are fungi. But it's like looking at the sun surrounded by planets. The fungi is about 10 times bigger than bacteria in the gut. So you're mm. ignoring this massive thing. And guess what happens? What do you hear women say when they take antibiotics? They yeast infections, right? What's yeast? It's fungi. So what's happening is you're blasting all this bacteria, you're allowing the fungi to go insane, right? So what we realized was everybody's starting, this is a couple of years ago now, everybody's starting to talk about, they're definitely talking about gut health. Microbiome, they're kind of starting to talk about, but it was all about bacteria. So my dad's saying, well, how can you balance your gut? And there's all these products talking about like balance your gut and know what's going on in your gut, but it's all about bacteria. You know, so we said, well, there really is an opportunity here for two things, right? One, letting people figure out what the hell is going on in their gut, right? Because, you know, there are no influenza survivors of America, you know, like societies, like people deal with like a, a cold and they just take medicine and they move on, right? But gut issues we found out are very personal to people, right? Whether it's Crohn's or IC or even frankly bloating, you know, these are issues that cause people a lot of heartache, right? But they, But it's very hard to understand what is going on in your gut. The other thing we said like, is that everybody's talking about bacteria, but they're really not taking a total approach to gut health. So we thought, you know, what if we could do something to look at both bacteria and fungi in the gut? Hell so yeah. I feel like, so I feel like I've been, you know. It's really important. Um, you know, my wife and I had like huge, and we'll get into my analysis since we got the report back here in a minute. But um, I ran this 50K Ultra and was training twice a day for it. And I used to train two or three times a day in fighting. And when I finished the ultra, obviously very taxing. I was one of the few people that didn't have a camelback backpack. So I'm Jeez. fucking super dehydrated. And I'm not a distance runner. Right. Like I had done like maybe a handful of half marathons prior to that 50K. And uh, I, could, I could train twice a week and I would still get sick. I'd get sick regularly. Immune system was shot. And I uh, looked at my stool and saw that I had the highest amount of candida possible. Right. And also had the highest amount of blastocyst hominis uh, parasites possible. So it just exacerbated okay. what was probably already going on in a smaller right. issue. But, you know, you get dehydrated, you're pulling fluids from the gut and the intestines, and that can cause leaky gut and a number of issues. And, and that's the problem. People, people ask us all the time, oh, well, I, I have Canada. Is that a problem? No, right? You, you hit a really key thing is that the problem is you, it, it's like the ocean, right? Sharks, you would not want to be in a pool with a shark. But if you get rid of sharks, it's going to have a big devastating effect throughout the entire ecosystem, right? Exactly the same dynamic in your gut. You, you actually want good and bad organisms. The problem is if you have a slight elevation or you have something that's out of control, if, if you do something to impact that like high stress event or you change the way you're eating or just a tremendous amount of just general life stress, 
it can really end up causing big problems, right? I bet my, I just got back from Burning Man a couple days ago and I'm willing to bet my microbiome is fucked right now. I'm sure. <laughs> Lack of sleep, uh, all the, uh, all the things, I'll just leave it at that. Right. Um, yeah. You know, and I was going to test my telomeres prior to, prior to going there since I've done some intravenous stem cells and NAD treatments and things of that nature. But I think I got to hold off for a couple months, get my rest back, get restored. And well, then, the then good test. thing about your microbiome, especially your fungal community in your gut, it will turn around in 24 hours. Wow. Yeah. That's the interest. That's a really interesting thing about uh, fungi is it is super dynamic and will change very quickly if you optimize it. The reverse, if you do something to, to impact it, it can you know turn around pretty quickly. All right. You're touching on some things that I really want to dive into. Let's break down my results and then let's talk about how we optimize things, what's typically found in your research among other people, and um, you know, what are the best practices? What leads us down the rabbit hole in the wrong direction and what digs us out of that hole? For sure. So let's let's take a step back, right? When people talk about not only gut health but general health, there's some general rules of thumb that why you're so interesting is you you literally hit what if you took out a you know a sketch pad and you said what's the ideal probably way to live your life right you exercise obviously a lot you um at least i don't know if you do practice meditation or or mindfulness but you're at least aware of it right take consistently yeah 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 you you obviously eat well and and i know you do keto sometimes and and other times you're at least keeping you know you're not at at carl's jr right like you're you're doing what you the average american would say you should really be doing but yet you have some gut issues right Mm -hmm. that's the reason the reason is your gut is affected and when i say gut like your microbiome it's multi it's what we call multifactorial right so people don't realize that and and this is you know it's why we have weight loss pills right like a lot of times people expect a one size fits all solution it just doesn't work that way right so really your gut's dynamic there's four big things that will affect it one your genetics right that's why you know some people who have perfect gut health but uh, i'm sorry perfect sort of gut practices but you know they're susceptible because they have crohns doesn't matter. Like they have a genetic predisposition, predisposition, like a lot of other health issues, right? But then your diet is a massive other factor. The other thing is your lifestyle, sleep, stress, massive impact on the microbiome. Now, this is where it gets interesting because a lot of these things we're still learning, but we do know that there's a correlation, right? So what I mean about that is anybody who tells you black and white, this is causing that, we don't, we don't know that yet, right? Mm-hmm. But what we do know is that when you have correlated high stress, you have an, usually an imbalance on the microbiome. What, what is interesting, we're starting to see that it could be that that dysbiosis in your gut um, imbalance is actually causing stress yeah, back. Yeah, the old chicken or the egg. You right, don't know what's right. coming so, first. So this is where we're probably, over the next decade, is going to be fascinating because what's becoming clear, and we talked about it just before we went live, right? Epilepsy, Crohn's, you know, even gut brain axis there's so many it's almost easier to find things that are not impacted by the gut microbiome it's just connected to so many different things but we we are still figuring out what exactly so anybody who says like oh this strain is tied to that condition that's that's out there right that's not real right but what we do know is the more diverse your gut is way more tied to better health right so as as a general rule that's what you need to be doing so with that kind of background you specifically right what we saw work, and we're going to look at my notes here as we're talking about this, is overall, you're doing pretty good. 
right? So there are a few things that are out of bounds, but like, let's talk about Bacteroides and Firmicutes, right? They're normal. Those are two of the big bacterial phyla. So the way to think of uh, when you're looking at, you know, your, your gut, there's phyla, which is kind of the families of bacteria, families of fungi, right? Then there's actually the strain level. So what we're, when we're looking at your results, we're trying to get a general idea, like how, how are you doing overall compared to normal, right? So what's normal? Now, this is another debate, right? Normal is going to be, now we look at it based off thousands and thousands of samples that we've looked at in our testing. So what we'll find is that people fall into, about 98% of people will fall into a number of different gut profiles, right? So as much as we think every person's individualized, it's like everything, right? Chances are you fall into a, a different profile. What we find from those profiles is that, um, you know, they're tied to overall things like high inflammation category or high stress or you're uh, like a generally low uh, fiber type diet. Mm. So, so it, it's funny, like people do more than you realize fall into these interesting dynamics. And I'll give you a specific when it comes to people who are high exercises, right? There was uh, maybe six months ago, we started seeing a lot of women that you would look at them, they look like a Lululemon model, right? Like they take care of themselves, they eat well, all these things, but they had this very high count of this very aggressive type of fungi called zygomycota, right? So typically, my, when my dad was seeing this, he's like, oh, it's kind of interesting. When we first started seeing he's like, it might be, you know, undiagnosed uh, autoimmune disorder, like even could be cancer or something like that. But there were so many of them, we thought, you know, that's odd. It's, it would be unusual, right? Well, when we peeled back and we looked at their diet, what were they doing? They're cutting out carbohydrates. They're cutting out dairy, right? That, that can be a problem because those are very strong prebiotic foods, probiotic foods, right? Mm. So one of the things that we're seeing is extremes in diets, right? So like you, even ketogenesis would be considered like an extreme diet, mm -hmm. right? But people will cut out all sorts of glutens. They, they will completely try and cut out carbohydrates. You know, we hear all the time, oh, I don't eat dairy, right? What we're finding is that people are kind of self-sabotaging themselves because unless you have a actual diagnosed or very high susceptibility, like you, you've always had issues with dairy, you really shouldn't be cutting out those things unless you really have to. Why? Because it's going to have an impact on something else. Now, again, if you're truly lactose intolerant, well, yeah, you may have some, you know, GI issues with that, but. And there's you know, ways around that stuff, you know, like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Stephen Gundry's book, The Plant yeah, Paradox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He talked about, about the difference between yeah. Holstein cows producing A1 casein and these Southern European right. cows. Uh, you know, brown Herefords, things like right. that, that will produce the, the A2 protein that's right. a little easier to break down on the body. Right. Uh, we've switched to like this moon cheese from Whole Foods that's made with goat's milk, but it's not like a cream cheese. Right. It's more solid. And everyone in our family loves that. No snottiness, no phlegmy, you know, just right. like, and it, can, it feels it, good it, in the body. It's like everything. I had a woman one time who just screamed at me like, you're telling people to eat dairy, blah, 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 blah. And she, she was vegan. And I said, listen, you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. If you look at the amount you of- just told the whole story, though. You said she was vegan. Like, she's she's dogmatic about her approach, it, right, right? Right, right, Vegan right. is a form of fasting. Keto is a form of fasting. Right. They're all forms of cutting something sure. out that we've evolved to eat. Right, right. So what I was trying to make the point to her, but she was screaming and pointing a camera in my face as she was saying this, was your average American probably eats, you know, I'm making this up, but like 10 times the amount of dairy they should eat, Right. Yeah, that's not great. You should not do that, right? And it's not good. I mean, ideally, we'd have raw, yeah. grass-fed. No, no, 100%. You know, in Jersey it's, cow. It's the amount of yeah. anything. Like, the reality is you can eat just about anything. You know, it's, I'm sure some people take issue with that. But, the, you know, it's like the old trite thing. No one wants to hear it. Just, just be reasonable, right? Like, 
again, a lot of times people feel like if I'm not doing it, if I'm not being extreme, right? Mm. Like I'm not doing, you know, um, it's not just I need to be doing intermittent fasting. I need to be doing 12 hours a day, right? Yeah, yeah. Or I, I don't eat gluten and then I'll have an entire pizza or a giant plate of pasta. Right, on a cheat day, right? Yeah. Where it's just like, no, I'm going banana. And like, well, no, that's not what people mean when they're saying, you know, so a lot of these things are kind of self-inflicted and easily remedied is the good thing, right? But the, mm. the thing is, you need to kind of know that's an issue to even even look for, right? Because the take zygomycota, right? The analogy I always use is if I, I have glasses, right? If I went to a doctor and said, you know, something's going on with my eye, they would not look for glaucoma. I'm, I'm too young. I don't fit the profile. Now, it doesn't mean I couldn't have glaucoma, right? It's just highly unlikely. Zygomycota is kind of like that, right? If you just went and you were complaining of, you know, GI issues, that's like issue 970 they would check for, right? But if you're getting a chance to actually look, okay, well, then you can see, oh, unexpected. Let's see what we're doing to kind of impact these things, right? So that's the other thing with the, the microbiome is it, a lot of people want to treat it like a panacea, that if I know exactly what's going on in micro, my microbiome, it will solve everything. And this is not real. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like a cholesterol test, right? If you get a cholesterol test and it says you're a 200 and you go to your doctor and you say, okay, great, what do I do? He's going to say, I have no idea. Do you eat pizza every day? Do you have family history? But it's a it's a really useful tool as a starting point, right? Because then you can mm -hmm. make some decisions based off that information. Microbiome is the exact same thing, right? So in isolation, just looking at your results, it's almost meaningless, right? Even comparing to normal, kind of meaningless. Because again, you have, like, if I didn't know what you look like and I didn't know, I'd say, okay, well, this dude probably has to exercise and do, you know, that would be useless information for you, right? Yeah. But having the context of your actual background, well, then you can start making some decisions, right? But you have this tool that previously has been very hard to get that sort of information, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah. So it's funny with, so going back to your, uh, your results in particular, a couple of things are interesting, right? So um, first on the fungi side, Everything's pretty normal. Your Saccharomyces is a little low. That's kind of considered like the king of the, you know, good fungi. So you kind of want to see that a little more, but that's easy to do. You can get that, you know, in, in uh, there's a number of supplements that you can do that and you can uh, increase it just by increasing your overall diversity. That will start to level up. Your uh, candida is actually normal. It's funny you said before. Uh, it's through the roof. Yeah, yeah. So did you do something specific to adjust that? Yeah, I had, I had done... Um I'd worked with a product called Scram. I think it's by Health Force Naturals. Okay. It uses uh, forms of garlic, uh, wormwood, clover. But you didn't adjust your cloves. diet? What's that? Uh, no, I mean, I've, I've been in ketosis, in and out of ketosis here and there too, which starves them. And, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I think that certainly helped. But taking the supplements, that would actually kill them off. And, and a lot of digestive enzymes to break open that protective yeah. shield they put yeah, up, yeah, yeah. you know, when they go into hibernation. Right. It, people think like, oh, you know, I feel better after two weeks and I'm all good. And then fucking these You're, guys, there's guys that are just hanging around right. waiting to come out. And they're right. waiting for carbohydrates. They're waiting for the right set and setting. And then bang. You well, and it that all is again. a critical thing you just brought up. A lot of people say this to us. Okay, so I just, you know, take a probiotic and then that's it. It's like, no, 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 no. Again, it's like your teeth. I really like the analogy of oral care to the stomach. Why? For two reasons. One, your mouth is completely dynamic. You have saliva, you're eating. There's a lot going on. It's not like skin, right? Where, yeah, you can keep a wound pretty clean or, you know, it can be non-impacted. There's a lot going on in your mouth. Same with your gut. 
there's constantly stuff passing through it. It's, it's subject to stress. So your, your, your microbiome is constantly getting challenged, right? So the way I like the analogy with the mouth is no one brushes their teeth and you're like, dude, your teeth are, you know, kind of rocking what's going on. You're like, oh no, I brushed my teeth last month. Right. Like I, I don't have serious <laughs> oral. No, you, you brush them every day, twice a day. Right. Yeah. Why? Because we've just learned that it's a routine. I need to keep doing this right now. Some people in a week of not brushing will have all sorts of serious issues. Other people will just have like fuzzy, you know, yellow teeth. Right. Same with your gut. You need to keep maintaining it. Right. So what does that mean? Through your diet, through your lifestyle, through supplementation for some people, some people not. Right. But it's keeping track and keeping you know, the gut train headed towards a North Star, right? If you do constant little optimizations, it's a lot easier than waiting till you have like a serious issue. Because a lot of times you you won't have a serious issue until you come under a high stress situation or you really, you know, like you're saying, you're at Burning Man, you just blow it out for a week. And then, you know, you're, you're you, for weeks after, you're just not yourself, right? Your mm-hmm. gut's just a mess, right? So if you're constantly doing kind of maintenance, and understanding what you need to be concentrating on, it's going to make your life a lot easier, right? So one of the things I noticed in your results is that um, you seem, and we can get into the details here. Yeah, totally. I'm about to do blood work and go into a podcast on that. So I don't mind okay, fair. a little deeper dive into the insides. Like we're taking the magic school bus ride into my intestines right, right now. And right, we're going right. to go up to the What does your say about you? Exactly, yeah, right? exactly. Um, and so actually, do you think it's worth me explaining like how we even got the sample and all that stuff? Fuck yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. And I got to so, tell you real quick, just to jump in from comparing it to a comprehensive stool analysis and a lot of the other tests that I've taken, easiest fucking test I've ever oh, taken. Awesome. Yeah. Easiest test, most convenient, very, very well, easy to get the sample, get it in there. Cause it's kind of gross when you got to spoon in your own feces into like four different fucking vials that are pretty wide and open with a giant spork. Right. And, 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 and just to be clear, we, we don't have sporks <laughs> or for giant anything, right? Yeah. So, so look, you, you just hit on a very critical paradigm when you're doing consumer health, which is you can have the best product in the world, but if it's either terrible to use or hard to use, people won't do it. It doesn't matter how good, you know, we used to work in, um, do a lot of other products in germ remediation, like, you know, the hand sanitizer world. And what we found was, you know, when we were looking at airborne germs, that problem's already solved. You know what it is? Wear a mask. Guess what? People don't want to wear a mask, right? Yeah. Like in Japan, they will. US, you know, you're like, look at that geek with a mask, right? Like no one will do it, right? So the problem is that consumer paradigm, it's not fixed, right? So when it comes to gut testing, it's the same thing. There's two problems with gut testing. One, as much as people don't want to do it, the most accurate way to understand what's going on in your gut, it's through a fecal sample, right? You're literally your poo. So we knew if people were going to do this, we had to make that as painless and as private and as easy as possible, right? So how do we do that? We send, and this is what we did with you, right? We sent you a kit and then really four or five step instruction, like, because people do not want to, you know, like I took uh, one of these ancestry tests. I, I own a genetic sequencing company and it was hard for me to do it. Right. Like yeah. it, it was just a lot of moving parts. Right. So we said, look, it needs to have four or five steps. That's it. second is we just need a little bit. Of, right. So just kind of a, a coloring of the swab. And then you send that back to the lab. And that's actually what we're doing. We extract the DNA from that sample and then we actually run it through what's called 16S for bacterial sequencing and then ITS for fungal sequencing. Right. So a lot of people will look at the bacteria. Like there's a lot of people doing that. 
but it's really that, like I went back to before, you, you, it's like saying, hey, I checked your front two tires. You're good to go. And you're like, what about the back two? And you're like, no, no, no. We're a front two tire store. We just, <laughs> do, you know, if that's extra and those guys are not, you know, it's yeah. useless, right? So to well, us, we don't have like, back tire guys actually in house. Right, we don't have that in house, but location. like we know someone, right, right. So that that's the way we look at it, right? You really want a whole picture of what's going on because we know the science shows black and white that these things interact. So how can you look at just bacteria and not look at fungi or, you know, or, or vice versa, right? So, um, so then you, you know, so you send your, uh, sample back and then we sequence it. And then the other part is it's gotta be easy to understand, right? Because if you do an ancestry test and you're like, I'm 80% Irish. Okay. Awesome. That's kind of the utility of that test, right? Like, okay, neat. I assumed I wasn't from Kenya. Right. Yeah. But that's kind of cool to know that. Right. If I tell you you have high bacteroides, that doesn't mean anything to 95% of people. And out of context, it, it doesn't mean anything to basically everyone, right? What you're really asking is what's going on with my gut, right? How can I optimize my nutrition? How can I optimize my lifestyle? Do I even have a gut issue? Because we see that we actually have a candida test. Our number one complaint with that test is what do you mean I don't have candida? Yeah. I'm like, that's, you don't have candida. No, no, I know I have Canada. You know what I mean? Like in people, it's it's people like, self-diagnosing. Yeah, on yeah, Google, they're just and they're angry. And we're like, angry, and we're like, Listen, I have nine just, out of ten of these symptoms. I, I know, and, and I'm. It's it's you know for us, we don't want people to be not happy, but we're like, I, I'm not going to tell you you have it when you don't. And you know, for sixty percent of people, they won't they won't have it, right? So, um, that's so so people need to be able to easily understand what is going on from the results, right? So that took a long time. We actually talked about it, right? So like iteration, one of our tests, we show you what's going on in your gut and we show normal and people would say, well, what do I do with this, right? So we actually have nutritionists that you can talk to. Our report actually walks you through what we call wellness recommendations and we make it very black and white. Look, here are your results. If you really want to understand that, great. But we think it's more and what we've seen is people look at it like they look at a credit report, right? Just tell me how I'm generally doing. Is it red, yellow, or green, right? Like, let yeah. me know, oh, okay, I'm in good shape. Awesome. Maybe I'll look at the results, but I, I'm okay, right? Vast majority of people, that's what they kind of want to know. Now, if you're yellow or red, okay, now you understand, like, what can I do to optimize my gut, right? So then we'll show you actually what's going on at the strain level. Just like your credit report will show you, like, that one time in, you know, 2008, you didn't pay a gym bill and it dinged you. Okay, that detail is there if you really want it. But most people just kind of want to know what's going on in their gut. But then we actually give them recommendations on, on three fronts. One dietary, like what do you need to be doing, right? So you will fill out a questionnaire and you tell us, you know, all, all the demographics and all the things that are going to be helpful for us to help. Because again, if we don't know about you, we can't give you recommendations. Anybody who tells you the results by themselves will tell you that, it's not accurate. It's not real, okay? So once we have a chance to see that, we can tell you, you know, very actionable things like, look, you're not eating enough vegetables, which we saw with you, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things we also noticed is, and you will tell us like your symptoms, is that it seems like you experience bloating, right? Mm -hmm. Do you notice that happening when you eat any specific type of food? Um, if I go hard, hard to the paint with cruciferous. Okay. And I've noticed that more recently. I used to eat a lot of sauerkraut and did fine with it. Now, every time I eat sauerkraut, I get the runs. So I've avoided it like the plague. I can okay. get away with some really high-end um, pickles. But I was hoping you would say that because yeah. you know what you're doing? You're, you're making it worse, right? Yeah. So what's happening is your body is telling you, listen, 
I need this. We're going to use the hell out of this and they're going to ferment it and you're, and you're getting gas, you're bloating, right? And the problem is you probably don't have enough of the digestive enzymes you need to really process that because you, you've been avoiding it, right? Yeah. So what you probably have to do is work through that and really, but you're going, you know, like you said, you're going harder than that. Like you're going straight to like fermented foods. Just start with like cooked vegetables, right? Yeah. Something like really easy on your system and build up to it. And what you need to get to is probably like nine cups of vegetables a day. Okay. But don't go, the, again, this is like classic. We'll see it where it's Let's like. See, twice a week, I make a Mark Sisson giant big ass salad, you know, and that's like, a, it'll be mixed greens or, and it's all like baby spinach, kale, arugula, different things like that. So all that stuff's we'll usually awesome. cut up. Uh, broccoli and uh, different mushrooms, shiitake, you know, right. uh, season, you know, saute those in a pan, season right. them, then toss that into the salad. So how will you feel after giant, that? I feel good. I feel okay. good with that. I can do well with broccoli. Um, yeah, I do really well with broccoli and most cruciferous, even cooked cabbage, I'll get a little gassy, but it yeah. doesn't give me the runs the way the, yeah. the uh, sauerkraut does. Yeah, so your system's probably like you're you're going to like the high horsepower stuff, and it's it's bothering your stomach, right? Because you're just not consistently. I saw you pound two acai bowls, like the you know you, you were gonna. I did the Greek yogurt bowls today. Oh, I'm trying did? to. I know yeah, I need yeah. to rebuild some shit after that. Yeah, yeah, you're just starting right. <laughs> Literally right, rebuild some right, shit yeah, like, yeah. after that week in Burning Man. But like instead of like two giant goes at it a week, you should really kind of be going slower daily. Every right? day. Okay. Yeah. And then over time, just build back up. But what you're doing is you're like shocking your system. And then your system is like, oh my God, this is great. Let's let's digest the hell out of this. And it's overwhelming your system. You're seeing bloating. And mm -hmm. then you're feeling bloating. And you're like, I'm going to avoid that because I may, I don't feel good after mm -hmm. it. Right? So it, it's a cycle. Right? Um, so really what you need to be doing is allowing your system to really build back up um, you know, the, the digestive enzymes that, uh, you know, firmicutes, bacteroides will start to really uh, help because you really what what you want to be producing are shorty fain, shorty fain, short chain fatty acid producers mm -hmm. because then that's helping you break down. It's going to help you control inflammation. You know, heal the gut. Th exactly right. So one of the things you have elevated levels of proteobacteria, often tied to inflammation at least through your gut, but probably throughout your system. Now on top of all of that, you exercise very vigorously, which is just. Again, you know this, obviously, that that's going to put a lot of inflammation on your system additionally. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, we actually see that quite a bit. We have a lot of people that are bodybuilders have terrible GI issues. Why? Because their system's constantly under attack. They're mm -hmm. highly regimented with their diets. They're exercising like crazy. They think they're actually doing something good for their body, but it can be very destructive, right? So in those cases, we'll have them like cycle on and off. Um, and that, you know, it can get tricky with competitions and all those things, but it's more about knowing what is going on and then you can figure out a protocol to work around it. But the mm -hmm. key is you know what's going on. Now yeah. for some people, genetically, they're in great shape. Doesn't bother them at all. Like I'm like that, right? I, the last time, and actually the only time I've worked out at the Onnit gyms, I laid on the ground for about 40 minutes after Aubrey put me through a workout. <laughs> and he and my dad, my, my dad's 68th birthday, he and Aubrey are just rocking. They're going having smoothies. I am laid out on the ground. And my only rule was like, they will totally get it. You're the chunky guy who's out of shape. No <laughs> one will forgive you if you poop your pants in the Onnit gym. So, um, but after that, I dusted myself off and I, you know, we had some big seafood meal after it didn't bother me at all. Right. So mm -hmm. like for me, I just have a steel trap for a stomach. Right. Okay. Genetically, I'm in great shape. Right. So, um, it, it, but the key is I know what's going on in my gut and then I can do something and same with you. Right. So like even that little thing, like you would have probably forever, 
you know, just thought, oh, I don't know if I'm allergic, something's going on, but I, sauerkraut doesn't sit well. With yeah. Me. I've even heard that, that one of the things, one of the reasons when, you know, if you have like some intolerances to gluten and you cut it out completely and add it back in, one of the reasons you're so far worse off when you add it back in is that the bacteria that breaks that down, I think it's bifido, yeah. uh, is damn near gone. It, and if I'm, I have very low levels of bifido for, yes, for some time now in all my testing. But I, but I almost was like, well, I, I like gluten, but I don't necessarily need to have it. If there's, if there's, but, but there's any other way to build bifido, well, that'd be better. That's the key, right? So you can do it through a probiotic. The other thing too, which are frankly way underemphasized are prebiotics, which, you know, is essentially a, a fancy name for dietary fiber. That's really important because it does two things. One, it's like, fuel for the probiotic. It's, you know, the simplest way to think about it is food for the probiotic, right? The other is actually lowers a pH level in your gut, which is really good for good bacteria to grow and really bad for the bad, bad guys, mm. right? So you can actually attack it a couple different ways, right? Um, but yeah, no, the key is if you stop needing to utilize it, those will not grow, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> as you're as you're seeing. What are what are some of the things uh, you guys like with prebiotic fiber, and have you taken a look at some resistant starches and how those impact the body? You know, for us, we are way more heavy in the probiotic game. With prebiotics, we stick to kind of the basics. As long okay. as you're taking a basic prebiotic, again, um, and it's part of the world we're in with with wellness is that everybody's trying to go after like some neat angle on these things. Right. But the key is for 95, like what I was going to say, 95% of people just take a basic prebiotic, right? We will get people. It, 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 the analogy I like to use is everybody has been stuck in traffic behind that dude on a carbon fiber bike, wearing a state of the art helmet, like suit. And that dude is a hundred pounds overweight. And it's like, before you're buying the carbon fiber bike and wearing the Lycra suit, you, you need to lose some weight. That will make you way more aerodynamic, right? <laughs> we will get people testing their gut and they will call, you know, I've been doing this. I'm using this products and blah, blah, blah. And they're even trying to use our products. And then we're like, dude, you're going to McDonald's. You're putting in your questionnaire, you're going to McDonald's twice a week. Like, you don't even need this test. Stop eating McDonald's. Stop doing that. You know, now listen, I know my way around a McDonald's drive-thru, like shout out. It's, it's nothing about McDonald's, <laughs> but it's more like there, everybody it's, you know, it's the same old game, right? Everybody wants a magic pill, right? It's not about like, you know, just, just do the basics, hit yeah. singles and doubles with this stuff. And frankly, 95% of people will be fine. You're a little different because you are, you know, really kind of living an optimized lifestyle. And, you know, I may say that you, you actually are right. So there now you're talking about like, percent change here, percent change there are going to make a big difference for you. A vast majority of people like making some basic changes will make a massive difference. Yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Let's see. We got, we got a little bit of time left. I wanted to ask you about this study that, that came out recently. Obviously this podcast is going to air um, a couple months from now, but uh, there was a wonderful study on ketosis and they've been studying the ketogenic diet with children with epilepsy mm -hmm. since the 1920s. Uh, we recently had Domin Dominic D'Agostino on and uh, he works with the Charlie Foundation, which was created, I think at Johns Hopkins, right. uh, you know, in just to research this stuff, to see like how, what do ketones do? What do right. different things do to help with that? But they know there is a link between the microbiome 
and the brain. Right. And a lot of our neurotransmitters, the vast majority, are produced by right. our microbiome, right. right? And there's very specific ones. There's very specific changes that happen in a ketogenic diet where the body will produce more GABA than glutamate. And right. that shifts that, that pathway from excitatory to more rest and digest and relaxed, right. less anxiety, and just really tunes people in. I've never felt better than when I'm on a ketogenic diet and I've been in it for a couple months, right. uh, consistent. Um, obviously, that can change some other things around with the microbiome as you're not eating you know, many carbohydrates and hopefully still getting enough fiber. Right. Um, that's, that's a key. And for you, that was another point. Like when, yep. when you're cycling in and off of keto, especially when you're in, you still have to keep up the, the veggie game, right? Okay. So obviously, you're going to be trying to cut it down, but that's going to be important for you. Yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about yeah. that. What um, we read this thing, and I think it's a company that's actually licensed it from UCLA. Okay, and they're going to look at specific bacteria right. that help aid in GABA production, right. and potentially what they're claiming is that it'll it'll fix epilepsy in a lot of people. Yeah. So these all these trials are going to be really interesting, right? So we're actually going to be doing a trial in autism. Same. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. We actually just uh, received our IRB approval, and we have actually a mat. So it, this is actually, do you mind if I? No, please okay, do. Because this please, is actually really this cool. Is this amazing. is one of the awesome things about what we're doing, right? So we started seeing this probably like six, seven months ago. We started noticing, saying, wow, a lot of people are taking this test for their children who have autism. And when we started looking at the results, we said, you know, there's quite a bit of interesting things going on in these children's guts, right? So we did a survey of our customers. We reached out and said, look, we're thinking about doing a clinical trial here. Are you interested in it? Totally, right? And there's, when you look, and you're seeing this in a lot of different health areas, autism, big focus on the microbiome. But what do we see? There are trials that are like 50 people, 35 people. They're not big trials, right? So one of the things that's really exciting is with our platform, we're able to get, I think our waiting list to do the autism trial is in, you know, 1,700 person wow. waiting list, right? So we literally got our IRB approval at Case Western School of Medicine. So we're going to be rolling out that test. And uh, it's going to be the same with uh, a test looking at the epilepsy, right? These are interesting trials, right? Because again, and we, I was saying this before we went on air, it's not as simple as okay, it's likely this one strain is causing the issue. Let's adjust that and everything will be fine. There's so, it's multifactor. There's so many different issues, right? So how these trials have been done, and my dad did this with Crohn's patients, is what you do is you take the, the person suffering, let's do autism, right? You have someone with autism. You'll take a family member that doesn't have autism. Why? Because not only is a genetic connection there, but there's a dietary connection. They're, mm. they're living in the same household. They're doing a lot of the same things. They're probably going around to bed around the same time. They're eating similar foods, right? Especially if it's children, right? The parents are controlling what they're eating. And then they'll test a non-family member, non-autism. Why? Because you want get, to start getting a baseline of what does a similar person without this condition what does their microbiome look like? So then you can start piecing together what are the differences, what are the similarities? And then you're probably 10 years away from truly understanding exactly what's going on. But it's these these critical insights are laying the found foundation for therapeutics a decade from now. Right now, our view on medication is let's just blast your system and hopefully that will take care of it, right? Mm -hmm. And again, that's a little bit of an overgeneralization, but now we're talking to getting, getting very targeted therapeutics, right? 
So I think what's going to end up happening is these are going to be combination approaches to dealing with conditions, right? So ketogenesis, uh, not ketogenesis, uh, epilepsy, right? I am not of the opinion that it's going to be, if you adjust the microbiome, you're going to be all set. But controlling the microbiome could be a massive factor in at least controlling the condition, right? Yeah. Same with Crohn's, right? But you're never going to, I don't think you're going to cure Crohn's or a condition by controlling the microbiome, but you may, you know, for their life, um, not lifestyle, what it's called, uh, kind of quality of life. Yeah, you could mitigate a lot of that. A, a tremendous amount of it, right? Because again, you really, Crohn's is an issue when you're dealing with flare up, and I'm way oversimplifying it, but like I've seen what people deal with when it's flaring up, it's, it's devastating, right? So, I think it's going to be the same with the epilepsy trial. I think the thing that's going to be interesting is you can't, these are going to have to be longitudinal studies. And I think they have to be with massive numbers, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's going to be so many different factors. We're still seeing like geographically, like there are geographic areas where the type of water you're drinking can impact the microbiome of that area. So how can you compare those people versus someone across the country with the same condition, there's going to be a lot of these factors that have to be controlled for. So it's going to be fascinating, but I think it's critical that they're starting to do these studies. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you knocked it out of the fucking park. Thanks, dude. Um, where can people find you and your products? Obviously, we're going to talk, uh, you know, in the intro and in the outro, I'm going to talk a bit about uh, where they can find it through onit.com. Yeah, yeah. But um, where can people look you up personally and where can people look into your father's work and everything you guys have going on? Yeah, so if you want to be one of my hundreds of followers, just look <laughs> at me at Afif Ganoum, A-F-I-F-G-H-A-N-N-O-U-M. And look, I can't respond to you know all three people who comment, but I will try. <laughs> um, Biome is our company, B-I-O-H-M health.com. And you know we have a awesome blog. We're putting all sorts of content. My dad, we feature a lot. He actually has a book coming out next year called The Mycobiome Diet. Awesome. Yeah, which is about really how you, if you control the fungi, you can make a big impact in your diet. So yeah, check us out. Awesome, brother. It's been great having yeah, you thanks on. thanks for having me. We're running back. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, go ahead and leave us a five-star review. It lets everyone else know about our show. So it's important to grow the show. And I would appreciate it if you told your friends, your mom, and everybody else you know to listen. Thanks for listening. And also, onit.com slash podcast, 10% off supplements and food products.